This podcast is produced by Unedited. If you really want to stop comparing yourself, a big part of it is being open to other things and how you, even if it is just how, understanding how your mind works, what might have informed your beliefs, this is so, so powerful. Hello and welcome to episode 155 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And this is a podcast designed to help you find more clarity in your thinking, stillness in your mind, and ultimately experience a greater sense of happiness in your life. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to challenge the way you think, open up your mind, and invite you to live in the moment. On this week's episode, I am joined by Lucy Sheridan, who is the first and only comparison coach. She helps people all over the world go comparison free in their life and business. And what I love about Lucy's work is it's so great because comparison is something that most of us kind of face in our lives. And she's helping people to understand why that is and how they can break free from it. And this is such a amazing combo. Like we, I felt like I was talking to like my auntie whilst having a cup of tea or something like that. It was just so amazing. She's got such a warm, beautiful energy about her. And during this conversation, we spoke about the roots of comparison, cleaning up your social media feeds to make them more positive, learning to listen to your inner voice and dealing with other people's expectations of you. The aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Lucy. Thanks for having me today. No, honestly, it's a pleasure. It's, I think it's it's been a long time coming. Well, at least for me anyway. You've probably not known about it, but it's been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> through, calling it in. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For a mutual friend of ours, Momo, who who gets a lot of shout outs right. on the podcast, actually. Um, I'm not surprised. She's a superstar, isn't Yeah, she's she? amazing. She, I, I actually want to get her on the podcast one day because she's oh, just yeah. fascinating, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that will happen. That will happen. But anyway, so to kickstart us off, can you let the people who are listening know who might not know who you are or what you do, a bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. So um, my name's Lucy Sheridan and I probably have the world's most niche job title in that I am the comparison coach. And what that means is I'm ultimately a life coach, but all of my work, whether it's like an Instagram post, doing a talk in school, helping a client, doing a workshop, doing a retreat, whatever it is, it's all about helping people stop comparing themselves to other people and just get back in their own lane ultimately. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really amazing work when you think like, and I'm sure you probably get a lot of it because, you know, you wouldn't be doing the work you're doing if it wasn't uh, an issue. Right. But for you, like what, what got you into it? Was there a moment where you were living your life and you thought, that's it, right? Enough is enough. I need, I can't be doing this anymore. Yeah, there was definitely. I mean, I will say comparison has always like kind of been my thing. So I compared myself from what being like a young, a young child. I remember having a good idea of where I ranked in a group, yeah. whether that was kind of like how my colouring in was compared to other kids, right through to how my body developed, you know, this academic um, grades I got or didn't get more relevantly. And so it's always been present. Where it got really, really acute for me was in my late 20s when um, I became really obsessed about what other people were doing after attending my school reunion. Mm. And the day itself of the school reunion was actually really, really good fun, like only have good things to say. It was what I did with the information afterwards, which was totally of my creation that I take responsibility for where things got a bit dark in terms of attaching myself, comparing myself to certain people one of the lives I saw them leading on the internet anyway and it got really it really took a lot of my time it got really really toxic and then it was one Saturday afternoon I think it was a lovely day outside or something I've got fully dressed under a duvet and my phone died because I've been scrolling so much oh, wow. and like it literally got too hot for me to handle and I was like 
this is ridiculous. I'm in the prime of my life. It's a lovely Saturday. I, I work, I work spent in a really stressful job. And there I was on the time off I had, not nourishing myself, not doing something positive, not just even like, you know, watching Kelly, just escapism. I was obsessing over the people. And that was the real moment. I was like, right, this has got to stop. And I didn't know really how to stop it at that time. So I kind of asked myself the question, or I suppose set myself the puzzle. If I can think and feel myself into this, can I think and feel myself out of it? Mm. And that's really where it in earnest started because I decided I didn't want to be comparing myself anymore. And that is a really big part of the process. It's deciding. Mm, yeah. And I think it's, it's so interesting because you've, you've mentioned two things there inadvertently that I always talk about, right? So the first one I always talk about is the, the relationship between thoughts and feelings, because every thought that we have mm. comes with a feeling. So yeah. if you're having a negative thought, the feeling that's attached to it is going to be negative as well. And when you're chasing that comparison thing or mm. anything that's in a negative space, you're just creating more negative thoughts around that negative feeling. So you're just yeah. like piling it on top of each other. You're like creating this mountain of negativity <laughs> and the feelings. And then the other thing like you said is you can't, you can't, you can't decide to change unless you want to. And, and that, that's part of the three things I always talk about, which is like recognize, accept and grow. Like you have to recognize what the thing is to then decide that you want to change, but then you have to ultimately accept yeah. the thing to let it go to then see the growth yeah. off the other side. So that's yeah, it. That's it. And it isn't always easy to accept, is it? Like if you come across the book, um, The Light Side of the Shadow Workers, Alex. No, I haven't. So I don't know if you've heard or uh, come across this idea of shadow work. No. Um, it sounds like something out of Harry Potter, and I promise it isn't. <laughs> but ultimately, our shadow side, it is said, um, and a number of kind of, you know, psychologists have, have talked about it. Forgive me, I can't remember exact attributions now, so I try and follow up with the same note. Ultimately, our shadow side is the part of our personality that we don't really like that much. We don't really want to be mm. shown. We can be a bit embarrassed. It's, it's where a lot of our shame lives, I suppose, yeah. today, but it's not just shame itself. It's things like, you know, let me, I'll out my ego. When I'm comparing myself, I'm bitchy, I'm envious, I am stubborn, I won't take good advice. You know, there are lots of different parts of my personality that are just me. There's no malice in it. It's just me that mm. come out with comparison. And that, I think, where sometimes acceptance is so important because what we're saying is, I accept, I accept I do compare, I accept that I've had this habit and I accept that I can integrate it and move into something different. I don't have to expect that this is just going to run my life anymore. Mm. It might visit from time to time, but even that transformation, when we've moved from comparison as kind of, you know, a really insidious, ingrained habit or, you know, part of our lives even, as it was for me for such a long time, to moving to a more present or just, you know, um, occasional comparison habit that can feel like that can feel like 100% transformation for us and it's been really present before yeah and it's it's interesting isn't it because the from what I got there from what you're talking about the shadow was it shadow self you called it yeah the shadow self yeah so I think I've heard of it before but I can't I can't quite remember if it's the same thing or not so how would you figure out then what those things are for yourself is it like you would list down your bad traits is that the kind of thing you're talking about you can do you can do um it, the book itself is like it's almost like a little mini retreat for it mm. so i would i try and kind of turn it on its head a little bit as part of a reframe as in like my comparison feels like this but then it's taking it one step further to get out of comparison but it's trying to show me this it's trying to show me 
and remind me of my own hopes and dreams. It's trying to remind me of my own motivations. It is stimulating the fact that perhaps I do need to play more of a part in the results I want to achieve in my life. That's it. Because comparison doesn't want to be the bad guy. Mm. But it, again, it's so easy for it to get labeled as a bad guy. But it's always, if we can just hold the stare and just keep walking through it, like the moment, the awareness, and then moving to the growth, that's growth that you so beautifully speak of, is that, okay, what's my, what, how am I participating in this then? Yeah. So, and that's not just like, um, okay, I'm going to stop scrolling their feed. It's more like, not and do nothing. It's, I'm going to stop scrolling their feed. And I'm also going to take my journal, grab a coffee and write out what I want in that area. Uh, what does it look like for me? Imperfectly, badly spelled, you name it. But what does it look like for me right now? Mm. And just bring all of our attention back to that. And just stop investing any of the energy in anything that isn't that yeah 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 and it's, it's true isn't it because i think we often forget as well that like the the light comes with the dark right and like you said comparison mm. doesn't want to be the bad guy but comparison is the bad guy to the good guy which is not comparing yeah. yourself so like <laughs> yeah, both of them it. both of them come together it's like you know your i guess the idea of your shadow self is that you cast a shadow and it's like you wouldn't cast a shadow if there wasn't light so you go, put, yeah. if you can understand things like that then it kind of i always find it makes it a bit easier to deal with things when you understand like okay i'm comparing myself um but i'm only doing this because <laughs> i want <laughs> to be a better version of myself so if i didn't have yeah. that 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 feeling of like i can grow and i can do better for myself then i wouldn't have the the shadow behind me yeah. of the comparison and it's, it That's just, it. when you start to look at it from that perspective, it softens the blow. It doesn't make it easy. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it softens it a little bit. Because no, you're right. And it allows space for compassion. Exactly. Because a lot, uh, there are people I know that don't compare. So it was really cool. Like I was on uh, Radio 2 Claudia Winkleman show recently. She was oh, like, nice. I don't really compare. And I was like, oh, really? Why? <laughs> as in like, and, as in I wanted to study her like a rare bird. Not because, you know, as in like, what is it about you and how you approach your life? Yeah. That, doesn't factor into you because I know there are people that don't compare like ironically my brother's one of them but it's again it's like you say it's what whatever part of the scale you're on because I do think it is a scale whatever scale you're on like just be really compassionate with yourself you're trying your best there's no malice in this it's just it's so easy to get caught up in it that's why we call it a comparison trap yeah you get caught there and you know on a good day it might distract you for lunch time on a bad day it could you know it could it could snowball and ruin your week and take you totally away from your own plan. Exactly, exactly. And if I was you, I'd be taking a DNA sample from your brother to see what he's made yeah. of. To, to, <laughs> to stop. Yeah. How, how are you <laughs> doing this? Because <laughs> I think it's like, it's just, for me, it just seemed like something that's is almost a natural thing. Like even yesterday, like I've got a little WhatsApp group with a couple of other amazing podcasters, Alex Reed and uh, Ryan Nile. And Ryan has been doing these amazing um, Instagram lives every evening, which he's basically producing like a TV show. Like it's, it's incredible. And he's getting like carers and key workers coming on and speaking and stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing. And he shared um, a screenshot of like, I think 800 and something people had, had watched that uh, last night's uh, live. And my first thought was, like, oh my God, that's sick. Like, oh my God, like that is like, because I know how much he's putting into it. But then straight away after that, I was like, well, why can't I get 800 people watching my street? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and it just yeah. seems like such a natural follow-up process to, mm. to something good to bring that, that comparison in. So for like, for you, mm. 
where do you think that like compare yeah comparison is rooted in like where what where does it like where does it come from is it like something that we've picked up from like the cavemen yeah. that we used to be or is it you know, <laughs> what's the root of it yeah well but i think you know you, i don't think we have to, i think we go back to around those times and it, it is bearing kind of like the cradle of civilization in that because it always serves a purpose so back then, kind of like before history, I guess, um, it served the purpose in that it allowed us to see what we can contributing in, for example, you know, our communities and those, you know, our, when we were kind of marauding tribes at that time, allowed us to, um, you know, go go for go for the prizes that were available to us. It also allows us to kind of like look at our own skills and attributes. Sure. Then it was mentioned in the Bible in terms mm. of like, you know, thou shalt not covet. You know, more likely so in the 20th century, you know, keep it with the Joneses, that um, uh, the cartoon strip kind of yeah. was another way of kind of bringing to light this idea of status, anxiety and, and social ranking. But it's, it's always been around because it's always kind of served a purpose, ultimately, because mm. when we do compare, we're looking at contrast, we're looking at ranking, we're looking at how similar we are as much as how separate and how different we are too. So it's always served a purpose and until it doesn't it'll be around yeah and i think it's also it's it's a societal thing isn't it really like the more i think about it like you know i'm not going to point the finger at social media because we both you know work in some respect in that space yeah yeah yeah. you know there's great stuff that happens on social media but i think the rise of things like social media and and um you know programs like love island or you know whatever where or even even you know you go back back in day and it's like this obsession we've had of like observing other people's lives, like Big Brother from when that started in like yeah. 2000 and whatever. It's yeah. like we're, we're interested in watching other people's lives so that we yeah. can compare ourselves <laughs> against them and, and then value where we sit either higher or lower than the person that we're observing. And I feel like, you know, we're going through this phase of like you know, everyone being in lockdown. So we're spending a lot more times on mm. our phones. There's, you know, t- TikTok's blowing up even more than it already was. And it's like, you know, even my mum was asking me what TikTok was the other day. And that's like a key, that's like, <laughs> that's like a red flag of like, TikTok's blowing up big time. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, obviously we're spending more time on Instagram and scrolling. So like mm-hmm. we're spending more and more time watching other people's lives and observing other people's lives. And for me, like it can't be that healthy because we do fall into that trap like you said of like just endlessly scrolling and mm. and watching and comparing and if you're not using it in the right way it's an easy it's an easy or it's a slippery slope isn't it it's a very slippery slope so oh, it there, is, yeah i was gonna say is there is there like any tips or tricks that you kind of when you work with people that you give them in terms of like cleaning up your social media in a way to kind of help prevent because it's a natural thing like we've kind of figured out that it's a natural thing from like we've it carries on through the years right you're never going to stop comparing so what are the things you can do to help lower the impact of exposing yourself to opportunities of comparison yeah well i think first of all like i hear you like a big part of um my business is social media and also social media in this time has been a real lifetime. Mm-hmm. Thinking about your pal live streaming. If we were, you know, we're in these very strange times where people keep calling them because that's just a perfect descriptor. During these perfect strange times of lockdown, social media has been a lifeline. And it's like, I never want to hear anyone bitch about it again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In terms of it's been like with hanging out or, you know, 
having exposure and connection with people you never would do normally, like lots of celebrities doing more. It's been a real leveler and it's been amazing. But you are absolutely right that um, there can, there is a downside, especially if we let there be a downside. So something that I'm really keen on is helping people become radically responsible for their social media feed because it's just information. We're the ones that put the meaning on it. I can see someone's sandwich and think, mmm, delicious. I'm not sandwich sandwich. I can't make anything like that. You know, it could be any creation, <laughs> by the way. I'm just pulling that out of, the, out of the air. It's the meaning we attach to it. So it's not as simple as unfollow. And I also would really say to people, be really careful around the energy that you bring to your social media when you are making tweaks and refinements to it. So I don't know why people use language like call and like, you know, that kind of language, like, it's not helpful. Mm. And it's like, who do you think you are, Madonna? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like just pipe down. <laughs> it's all right. But I think, you know, if you are taking people out or muting people, that's totally fine. Do it for your own reasons. It doesn't have to come with a big social media declaration. First of all, nobody cares. And it makes everyone feel more nervous. So yeah. that's like, be responsible for the energy you're bringing to things. Um, but if you have to take, you know, if you like to say you have to remove accounts, then do it. You do you. That's like your your rules and your measures of that will be will be the ones. But it's also a case of um, not just removing the things that we don't like necessarily like or that do trigger our comparison. But I do think it is it is a good idea to hide the things that trigger comparison just until you become more robust and combat them, which is great. But it's also about making sure we're flooding our feeds with the things that make us feel good. So. Don't just follow like one husky puppy account, follow 30. You know, follow news sources that will challenge your view. Um, follow, you know, as many things that reflect your wide interests that you have as a human being rather than, for example, <clears throat> just fashion bloggers or just business owners mm. or just um, travel accounts. Like allow it, to allow social media to really broaden and deepen and be a vibrant place for you to hang out. And then it's a case also of trying to establish, not necessarily rules, but some principles about how you're using it. So now it's really, really, like I got my screen time report um, the other day and I nearly like, I nearly lost it. I was like, are you serious? What was it? Phone? Okay. Like, it was some, oh my God. It was like, well, 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 like on one day, well into like eight hours or something oh. like that. And I am doing a lot of live yeah, yeah, as that. well. So that's cool. But I was like, that's a lot for anyone. Because yeah. I'm, especially because Alex, you can probably relate, like, I'm on social media because it's a big part of my business and I enjoy it too. I'm supposed to be like 80, 85%. So in lockdown, I'll go to 90, but I'm not going to like 120. Because yeah. when this is all over, I will still be there giving free content, 85%. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at. So exactly. <clears throat> I can't leave this with adrenal fatigue and devaluing everything that I've created as well. Yeah. You know, so that's an important consideration too. But like I say, have a few principles about things. So things like no pre-wee scrolling. Do not touch your phone until you've answered the call of mates. You've had a shower. You've had your breakfast. Like, don't meet the end of the world. Don't meet the world at the end of your bed. At least kind of let it meet you when you're out your pajamas. That yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. And then it might be that um, rather than kind of like going to scroll, that you decide what you need to do in the day. What's going to feel really nourishing for you? It's going to support your mental health and prioritize that. And then your social media comes afterwards. Hmm. Because the thing is, there's not a lot to miss at the moment, really. Like there's what is brilliant is a really stimulated, like social media is a really stimulating, vibrant place. But a lot of people are doing a lot of the same things very regularly. So you're not necessarily going to miss anything. It's not like like there's no Coachella, for example, this year (laughs) we can kind of live stream into that sort of thing. Um, but even with your pals, like, yeah, they're walking the dog again. They did it yesterday. They'll do it tomorrow. So I suppose it gives you credit that, like, 
your attention is a really important currency. Yeah. So just use it wisely because we only have so much of it. And wouldn't it be great if we could all come out of this period in our own way, feeling a bit more rested and a bit more restored and inspired by social media. Exactly. Like now's a great time to be being more active on your own, especially if it's just for personal use. Not just for you. For those of us that have, um, that it serves professional needs, this is even more so. But for personal use as well, like allowing people in and feeling part of conversations going on can actually be really, really connecting. Um, at this, like I say, strange time. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything here that hasn't been said before. So if people are kind of finding a struggle with it, it's really like the bigger question is why are you resistant to social media not having a more balanced place in your life? Yeah. And that can be a bit more challenging um, and a bit more, like maybe confronting is a bit too strong. But it's like, if you're numbing out with anything, it needs your attention. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, That's I like the same with anything. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I like what you said about um, the pre we no pre we scroll, because it's like my, yeah. one of my whole things at the minute is like not switching, not, not switching. My, so I keep my phone in airplane mode overnight. So I put my phone into yeah. airplane mode at like 11 p.m. So that when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm not waking up to loads of notifications on my screen. So I don't have that. Right thought of like ah yeah. i'm gonna go grab my phone and then what i do <laughs> yeah. is i go through my morning routine of like yoga uh, or exercise breakfast shower Fantastic. and then once i've done all of that i'm like okay let's let's check my phone and i might check my whatsapp first great, and then yeah. i'll have yeah. go and do something else and then i'll check my instagram because mm. it can be well it is an addiction isn't it it can be a, a big addiction to just pick mm. your phone up straight away and then yeah. straight away you're yeah. starting your day with that thought of whatever it is, comparison or, or negativity or, or, or low self-worth or whatever it is. And it's, it's not a great space to be starting your day, right? No, exactly. And it's cumulative as well. Like the more space, like you use that, that word so perfect there. The more space you have in the morning, the more space you have in the day. The more space you have in the day, it builds the weeks. The more space, you just feel like you have more space. And what's the benefit of that? Well, we make better decisions. We're more, we have better critical thinking. We're not passive. We're not sleepwalking. We have more intentional conversations. We um, are clearer on what we, our needs are. We're clearer on what our wants, our desires, our dreams are as well. Like anything you do to bring in that space to your day is a gift that will keep mm. giving to you. It's not just a, it's not just a mental health thing, although that is key. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. And I get a sense from, you know, all of those things that you're saying there that you've got. I mean, you, you seem quite Zen anyway, but you kind of, yeah. I've got a sense that you've got a bit of a spiritual grounding as well. So if you, if yeah. you had a bit of that kind of spiritual journey behind, you know, what you've been building with the comparison coaching and everything else you've been doing. It's been impossible not to really, <laughs> because it's like any kind of change you want to make in your life, you think it's going to happen between your ears. You think it's intellect and you think it's practicality and it's knowing changes and doing things finding steps and you do it but all real transformation that sticks like the big stuff the big g the big growth stuff it's my view it happens below the neck and it involves other intelligences like your heart and your gut and your intuition and working together with your brain so it's full bodied and I've definitely had a bit of a spiritual journey and that's you know partly why you know and Momo's been a big part of that she was like one of my pals that I could talk about stuff with and it not be weird whether that was crystals or angels or guides or and you know I've, I've said this as well like I identify as a witch so yeah. that's a big part of my practice living seasonally working with nature working with the moon working with universal energy 
candle magic, sex magic, magic, basically. So that's a big part of my practice. But it started with things like, um, you know, uh, reading books about affirmations. Mm. And then it kind of progressed into kind of understanding more about like universal energies and then found a few books, you know, like when you find like that book that kind of opens up yeah. so much else to other things. So one one of them that I read was a book called Wishes Fulfilled by Dr. Wayne Bayer. Okay. He's sadly not with us anymore. And then that led me to understand myself a bit more. And that led me to a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And, and it's been, yeah, it's been like stepping stones through, um, through all of it, really. And, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to convince or persuade anyone of anything, really. Like, all I would ever share is my interpretation. Yeah. Um, and that's the most important thing to me, to have a voice. I don't have to be the voice, but having a voice on it. So even when I kind of share what I'm into, you don't have to be into any of that to live comparison free. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's been part of me and, and my journey as well, but being more open to the unseen powers that I believe are in the world. And again, I'm not necessarily stating facts, I'm stating my beliefs. I don't mm. have the PowerPoint presentation to whip out and prove <laughs> any of this. Oh, I'm disappointed. Also, yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, that's in the show notes. PDF coming. <laughs> um, but that's a big part of it too, as in like, again, it's just, for me and you know live and let live from that respect too but I do find like if you really want to stop comparing yourself a big part of it is being open to other things and how you even if it is just how understanding how your mind works what might have informed your belief mm. can just be so so powerful exactly and I think for me that's been a big part of the journey as well and I think you know people who have who have followed the podcast from from the early episodes will have probably have seen that journey you know within the way yeah. that the the conversations unfold and within my own learnings that I share and it's like yeah. I just feel like there's, there's there's only so much we can get caught up in the thinking mind like you said which is mm. kind of where where it all starts you know the comparison starts for example in yeah. the thinking mind anxiety starts in the thinking mind um, yeah. any sort of pain or recognition all starts in the yeah. thinking mind so for me, it's like if you if you start to look into actually what's behind the thinking mind, mm. like, and I came up with this yesterday, so I'm going to try and recite it again because it was actually quite interesting when I was talking to my friend about it. Mm. So to me, I see it as like you have active thinking, which is what we're doing when we're comparing ourselves, when we're feeling anxiety, when we have fear about something, when we're thinking about some traumatic experience from our past, when whatever it is, mm. that's our active mind. Then our conscious mind is the mind that is more tapped into the things that you were just talking about and that letting go and tuning into how we show up at, you know, in the world as, as mm. part of the world, you know, we're not just, mm. we're not separate from nature. We are nature. Mm. That's, that's our conscious mind is, is the mind that can tap into that through mm. the understanding of our feelings, through the understanding yeah. of our gut, through the understanding of our insights, through the understanding of our intuition yeah. and all of those amazing things. And I think once you, go on that journey of and what I've experienced with like working with people and coaching people and just even having conversations with people like yourself mm -hmm. and Momo and all, all these amazing mm -hmm. people everyone's journey starts in the same place it's like I'm trying to figure out what on earth is going on inside my head yeah. but then once you dive in and try and get in behind that behind that active thinking that I said you then start to open up to the rest of it and I think that's where the magic is that's where that's kind of, to me, that's where the space is, you know, that's, mm. that's where the space, because there is, there is a moment of like, okay, I can let go and just, 
trust that <laughs> what's happening mm. is happening and it's going to pass. And then the next thing that comes is going to happen and that's going to pass. And that's, you know, good or bad, you know? Mm. And that's it. And it's like, so part you, you might be interested in exploring like the, the conscious and the subconscious. So mm. in like, so um, on the first, so I have the hypnotherapy certifications and like almost at like the first day of hypnotherapy school, they go really hard on the subconscious <laughs> and what it is. Um, your subconscious is the seat of the imagination. It's where your habits are held. It's where um, creativity and ideas come from. And it is also the seat of our beliefs. And ultimately, your beliefs will govern your life. So the question is, is that good news? Mm. If I think about what my beliefs are, and that will govern my life, is that good news? Because if it's, uh, maybe not, <laughs> then it is possible to reprogram or what I call it, re-architect the subconscious ultimately. And we can do that through meditation, but we can also do that, as you so rightly said about, by um, understanding what our thoughts are as they come, like what, what, what is actually happening in there and how can some simple reframes come into things. So um, uh, the, I was listening to, to, oh no, sorry, I was told about an interview between Deepak Chopra and Oprah. Oh. And, um, and she said, on all of these things, but anything that follows I am will come and find you. Ooh, so again, that. that good news. So it's like, you know, I'm, you know, I have no time or I'm sick of having no time or I'm never going to be able to do it or I am not someone that things like that happens to or, you know, just think about when we say I am, what's following it and what mm-hmm. can be a simple reprocess. Let's say that um, works become a bit tough and the you know income is unexpected surrounding like i'm skin it's like i am really open to where kind of my next stream of money is going to come from yeah even if it isn't blatantly obvious at the moment but um affirmations can be a great way to start to reprogram the conscious with those shifts so yeah and i think like i agree like i was really big into that like, affirmations and journaling yeah. and all these things and, and yeah. I, I shifted somewhere along the line and i think I like what you were saying. I'm going to go and listen to that interview between Deepak yeah. Chopra and Oprah because I like that, <laughs> you know, be careful what follows I am because mm. it comes and catches up with you. But I've also, have you, have you read any of Krishnamurti's work? I haven't, no, that's okay. new to me. He, I think you'd find his work really fascinating because he talks a lot about identifying with things. And, and what he says is like, you, we, we should understand that and again, he's not, you know, he's not trying to preach to anyone. He's just talking based yeah. on his experiences, which is, yeah. it comes from a really humble place, but his teachings are amazing. And he, he talks about this, this identity. And he's like, when you identify something, you make yourself separate from it. So yeah. let's use, let's say I am anxious. I'm by yeah. saying I am anxious and identifying it as something separate to me, I am making that thing, uh, an issue rather than accepting that thing as part of me and saying actually uh, anxiety is me and I am anxiety we are one mm-hmm. you 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 start to see it as a different thing you don't see it as a, a something that's outside of your opposite to you or mm-hmm. friction or a conflict you're actually mm-hmm. accepting it as part of you wow and that that learning for me has changed a lot because all of a sudden when you do find yourself in a space of like okay I don't want to feel this I don't want to be that I don't want to do this like all of these things that you think and feel they're a part of you because those thoughts are only coming from you in the first place yeah. so 
and I'm probably not, you know, explaining it in the best way possible because you know you no, have to, check you it have out. To, Thank you. Yeah, you have to read a lot of his work to fully in get get the understanding of it, and that's just one of the things he teaches. But it's a very interesting perspective, mm. is what I'm trying to say, in, in like how yeah. these worries and these fears and these, you know, all of these things and you know the successes and all of this thing we see them as like additional things that we kind of mm. bolt onto our lives, but they're not. Yeah. They're things that we actually they are us as much as we are there. already there in the well. Exactly, as much as we are nature, like I was saying before, you know, it, it's, it's all a part of that. So it's like, it's a very fascinating uh, um, insight to kind of read into. Yeah. So, yeah, so on, on that note there, something that's interesting for me is like, I guess it comes down to knowing yourself, right? That's, that's under, mm. fundamentally what that teaching is is knowing yourself and being comfortable with your thoughts and your feelings so what element do you think then or how much do you think that we need to get to know ourselves in order to understand what we want because before you said you know that you may you may have things that you you want but whether you truly accept them as good or bad things so how do you go or begin to go on that journey of trying to understand Mm -hmm. yourself more to know and understand what it is that you really and truly want? I think um, it's like almost like a deep intuitive knowing. It's like you, you know, and it's, and it's, and it almost sounds like a whisper. So part of it is learning to, like I say, trust and start to make decisions with, you know, your gut and your intuitive intelligence, not just the intellectual intelligence. So what that means is trusting when ideas arise fully formed. Trusting when, like, you know, sometimes, like, you'll get visions just flash across your brain like a movie about what the future might look like. And, you know, it's a holiday with friends or it's a job might have. It's very, like, almost in an instant. It's trusting those things as and when they occur. And don't panic if there aren't a lot of them. Mm. It's trusting them when they occur. It's just in those moments where um, you always hear a whisper of something. <laughs> you know, like, our ideas and our you know, our vision for our lives don't come in like a big brass band going, here's your dream. <laughs> do this next exactly it doesn't do that it's like it's a lot more gentle it won't shout but it will be heard so i think a big part of it is tuning into that and when i say tuning in doesn't mean you didn't need to go and get a meditation pillow or goop or anything it's being open to it you're getting the messages anyway you're getting the signs anyway so start noticing them so that's one of the key ways to start but it's also a case of questioning where, if, for example, if there's a bit of comparison coming up, it's questioning um, the, the thought that comes in. So, like, do I actually want that? Or does that belong to who I was two years ago? Do I actually want that? Or is it the fact I've had really pushy parents that said that that was something I should be aspiring to? Yeah. So just do a bit of a check and an audit as well about what your desires are. Because your, di- your desires are legitimate. We each will have very different ones, but they are absolutely made for us and us alone. Mm. So my, you know, the dream for my life, people might be like, yeah, that sounds great. But it, they won't want it as much as they want the dream for their lives, even yeah. if it's very, very similar. You know, it's like they are, these desires are really given to us and it's for us to act on them ultimately. But I, I think rather than thinking after that big gestures and massive breakthroughs, although you might experience both of those, by the way, which is totally cool. For me, arriving at who you are is a big part of remembering who you are, remembering what you want being really honest about really what you want and who you're here to be in the world. Start to audit then the things that are congruent or aligned with that. But let yourself want what you want. And, mm. and in doing so, take really small incremental steps to get there. Because 
a bit a bit like you know when you go on any long walk that maybe you weren't prepared for it's only when you kind of look back and think well no wonder I'm knackered look how far I've gone yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but really you get you get a view of the traction and the momentum another thing that I'd say is you know it's so important to trust the timing of your life because there really is no agreed timing on things it's a construct and you know, people get really hung up on things happening quicker or slower than others. We have no place defining other people's success by time, mm. just like they have no place defining ours. And another thing to remember is, which can be really confronting, is that you are someone's comparison trigger. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we're all kind of in this together. Someone compares themselves to me, I compare myself to someone else, someone else comparing themselves, blah, 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 and then it goes on and on, and it's as confusing as it sounds. Yeah. We're all kind of in this, like messing that together but is the case of really allowing yourself to become really clear on what you want and 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 check in on where that comes from and making sure that it is you and going forward from there like i said that might be that might come with some really obvious steps like i'm gonna i want to i want to be a yoga teacher i want yoga to be more part of my life i'm gonna google a local teacher training or i'm gonna find one in abroad and save up for it that's not that's the first step to being better aligned with yourself or it might be, um, you know, talking to your boss at work when you get more back, you know, when things get back to normal to understand how you can really get your teeth into things. There'll always be one step you can take, whether it's a conversation, Googling something, some journaling that will start to start to turn the key. And that's it. We're just looking to keep turning the key. The preventing you have to go and the door swings open. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just going back onto the point of, um you know you're i think you were saying like other people projecting their expectations mm. of you onto you how do you work through that because i feel like this is something that's i think a lot of people feel because especially like you know growing up now the younger generations mm. even you know when we were growing up it's like you go to uni and it's like your parents want you to follow a certain path or mm. a certain career and there's an expectation of mm you know, you wanted to do that, particularly, particularly people who come from like a, a lineage of like, you know, I was fortunate that my family, or at least my dad's side of my family were in, were in the catering industry and he didn't want me to get into it. So I wasn't forced to like follow that path. So, but there are people whose, you know, families want them to be lawyers, want them to be doctors, want them to be in property, want them to do these things. How do you work through that? If you feel like that's not something that's true to what you want to do, how do you I guess, have those difficult conversations. Yeah. So what I found, and this has worked for me, and I've seen it work for clients too, is what I found is it's accepting that you don't have to ask permission, but you will be consulting them on a change, which is mm. very different. Because if you know you may never get some permission, yeah. but you do need them to know about it, that takes the energy of having to persuade or convince out of anything. And that's great because it means that it can take a bit of the emotion out of it. What can really work around things like this? It's not the telling, it's the showing. So things like, okay, let's use an example. Let's say that you were, um, you know, your parents have wanted you to, to have a traditional corporate role and you have wanted to retrain as a yoga teacher. Do it and then present them with a certificate. Not because you're some crazy rebel, <laughs> and but it's a case of, it, you know, people get their heads around things and they see how serious we are. If we go to someone, anyone goes, I'm kind of thinking about this, I'm kind of thinking about that, it's all a bit high-pitched, and it's all a bit not that sure, and uh, please, if you can, it's okay. It's like, no one's going to buy into that. So mm -hmm. what I would say is, I mean, this is so much love, keep more secret. If something's important to you, 
um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who I mentioned before, he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said um, something similar to, if something is special to you, build a temple of, for it in your heart mm. and keep it there. That's whether you want to propose to someone next year and you want to keep it a secret, or you want to sell everything and go traveling, or you want to start an allotment. It doesn't matter. If it's important for you, like keep more secrets around it. Guard the flame, guard your efforts, stop leaking energy around it, stop the success of it depending so much on other people. So again, I'm not saying there's anything malicious or sinister here, but if it's important to you, start treating it like it's important. Start being really serious about it. And that means less in the newsfeed often. You know, people that are really making moves are, or often there's loads going on in private that you never even know about, you yeah. know, because that's kind of like what they need. That's what the energy needs. So start to build a body of work around it. Start to increase your confidence around the area and start to explore the first steps away from maybe what the traditional you know, belief was so that there's a, a plan in place because you don't want to leave yourself open to be convinced out of it and then it's the case of as well if there's a conversation to be had rather than just look I'm doing this it's about saying like you know I'm your kid you're my parents I, lo- I love you whatever and hmm. um, but this is my life and this is the plan for my life and I'm not asking for your permission I'm asking for your, for your support can we let there's we'll, we'll find a way we'll find a way to arrive there and and honor the feelings you know even I have like I've been married I'm married I often have to have difficult conversations which is I know this isn't like this is a, this feels like a difficult conversation, and these are my feelings. They're not the facts, but they're just as important. But I don't need an answer off you right now. I do need you to know what's going on because otherwise, I'm hiding from you, and that's not what we signed up for. Because yeah. you know, this is a safe space. This is supposed to be a safe space for for all of us. So I know that was a, a big answer to a very direct question, but <laughs> don't think it has to be like in the movies when it's like sit down, mum and dad, blah yeah. blah blah. It will be more discreet. It will be more unpredictable than that. But you have way more power to guide how it goes than you might believe. Um, and dynamics of parents are like, they're like, it, that could be, oh my God, we should do a whole pod on that. Um, mm, <laughs> but yeah. They are like, they, they do require sensitive steps. It doesn't have to be about burn and destroy like you see in the movies. Accept me for who I am or whatever. <laughs> there, there can and must be a halfway, hopefully. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing because the way that I have started to see it is, is it's almost like you know if you're in a snowy field for example yeah. or in the mountains and it's fresh snow and there's one track of of footprints that go through the snow yeah. and end up at a place and yeah. if you know that no matter which way you go which route you take you're going to end up in the same place are you going to follow that that track yeah. that's there or are you going to go and explore your own one that's beautiful think, yeah i've just literally made that up i'm quite impressed Dad, with that write but, that down that's amazing <laughs> oh God, well, it. <laughs> but it's true it's like do you want to you know if you know that ultimately you can control your journey to get to the place that you ultimately want to get to you know and enjoy that that journey you know which is actually the destination is the journey itself then why wouldn't you do it you know and it's it comes back i guess to what you were saying about listening to that little whisper that little Mm. moments of inspiration it's like one of the things that i've struggled with is always understanding whether that little moment of inspiration is my intuition or is just me thinking about (laughs) something i wanted and i think there's there's, there can sometimes be a a lack of clarity around that so how do you know from your experience when to take action on that that whisper that isn't the big band coming in like well, how do you know like, okay this is the thing i need to take action on yeah. well i think when it's the whisper it's especially accurate because it's like the whisper's just for you it's like that message that information is just for you 
what you don't have to do again is like make it rushed or dramatic it's about if you've had the thought it's like what's the next right step you don't have to have the whole plan or have like a really complicated goal spreadsheet I will ask myself that several times a day what's the next right step what's the next right step because I'm very vision focused and what that means is not grandiose it's just how I look at my life I'm very excited about the future but where I'll sometimes struggle is working back from there and then I can get a bit obsessed like, well, what are all the steps that like, it doesn't matter like what's the next right step for me the vision I'm so clear on what my desires are my goals what I want my life to look like and you know how that will you know be but it's kind of like that's done like that's sorted that's clear so what do I next what do I do next and then that's where that magic question is like well what's my next right step it might be why do I feel like I want to WhatsApp that person like okay here I am I'm WhatsApping them you know and there's a lot to be said for that yeah yeah I think it's true it's it's, it's yeah it's like I said for me it's always been a it's a distinction between thoughts and reality and like your yeah. thoughts are the thing that stop you seeing the reality and the situation yeah, and the clarity in so it true. and I think it's understanding where you you place yourself in between the two yeah, and it's it, like it's, yeah. it is it's tapping into that intuition and that yeah. that little voice isn't it um yeah totally. but with an eye on time because i know you've got a, you've got to rush off in a sec and um, i've got one last question for you and that oh. is what does happiness mean to you oh do you know what happiness to me is like feeling okay and i, I want to qualify that because i can sound really un, un, underwhelming but like i am someone that like i have experienced quite severe periods of anxiety in my life especially in my adult life so happiness to me is just feeling all right and feeling kind of I wouldn't say unshakable but but whatever comes over my path will be I'll be all right and that's it like I have a lot of trust in myself I have a lot of trust in people I have a lot of trust in the future and that really really helps to just feel all right because you spend so much time worrying about the future and it was such a like it became quite toxic and um, so for me, happiness is, it's really like contentment. I don't need to be kind of sitting on a, you know, balcony looking over Miami or anything. It just is very much, much like just being anywhere and feeling all right. Mm, that's what yeah. me. I think that's beautiful because I think, you know, and it ties in nicely to the name of the podcast. I think that is when you're living in the moment is when you're yeah. just, there's that stillness, that calm, that all rightness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not it. really anything more that's or anything it. less. It's just that, right? yeah um, I love it. <laughs> beautiful note to end on so look, lucy thank you so much for joining me today um if you want to take this chance to shout out where people can follow you online where they can check out the book which we didn't even get onto oh that's not don't worry it's really <laughs> fine it's all, all these good. amazing things and um, you could i would say the gram is probably the best place i'm at lucy sheridan and i'm there kind of giving away comparison advice and workshops most days so if this is what your appetite come and say hi <laughs> yeah awesome well look thank you so much it's been great thank you alex i really no appreciate it thanks for having me so there we have it i hope that you enjoyed that episode i just love lucy she's so great she's so great i mean i don't really have any other words it was such an amazing chat and she's got so much value and what she what she does and what she offers and it's just it's just beautiful you know and if you like what you heard in this episode be sure to leave a review and even better hit the subscribe button so that you can get the latest episodes straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think would really benefit from this episode then be sure to send them a link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this i started this podcast to help inspire positive change in people and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love with someone you know and as ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi if you want to hit me up, say hello, 
ask any questions that you want to clarify from this episode or if you just want to say yo what's going on i'm there Uh, that's where you'll find me and that's where i hang out the most so thank you for listening i will see you for the next episode stay safe stay indoors peace and love this podcast is produced by unedited